Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. They're incredible sheets. They're incredible bed sheets that were inspired by NASA. They use silver-infused fabrics and make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature. And let me tell you a little something about myself. When I first moved to New York City, I essentially went to a corner bodega, bought a set of sheets that were made out of what felt like cardboard, and that's what I slept on for like years. I thought, I guess I thought I just wasn't even worth more or like, I just didn't even know that comfort was possible. And then I started like actually realizing like, oh, I don't have to live like this and buying actual sheets that made sense. And truly the temperature regulating property of these NASA inspired sheets by Miracle Made are like the apotheosis of adult living. Like you can live with comfort, with temperature regulating. The funny thing is I thought temperature regulating was just like something you had to just deal with your whole life. That There was no sheet that could help you with that. Your body just went through wild temperatures and that just, you know, sucked and you had to just deal with it. But you don't have to deal with it because you can get miracle made sheets. They're self-cooling for better sleep. They're also, this one's really fun and it's actually really important for my husband, they're self-cleaning because they're infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And because of that, it's designed for your skin. So it stops the bacteria so it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't cause as much, you know, breakouts and acne, which is a big problem for my husband. Since we started using Miracle Made, my husband has just had way less of the breakouts and the clogged pores. And like I said, they're just like, luxurious. Um, They're designed for a person who's graduating from the cardboard sheets of their youth. (laughs) Graduate from those, you guys. So go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's T-R-Y, trymiracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash fake the nation. And at the checkout, use the promo code fake the nation and you'll get three free towels and you'll save an extra 20%. And Miracle's so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're going to get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for regulating my body temperature at night uh, with the sheets. I really love them. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 320. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we celebrate Labor Day. Folks, I hope that you're just like not having to labor. And I know that some of you definitely do have to labor, which is unfortunate. And I hope this uh, podcast gives you a little uh, warm company. Uh, But this week, we have a couple of really fantastic conversations from The Vault. So uh, let's get into it with topic number one. 
Uh, we read a piece in the Times called How to Ask a Stranger for Help that details a study where 15,000 people were sent out around the world to ask strangers for help, and the results created some good rules to work by. So to discuss this, I'm joined by comedian um, and uh, podcast host and all-around hilarious person, Chris Gathered. Hey, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. I'm also joined by author and presidential speechwriter and former presidential speechwriter Jeff Nussbaum. Hey, Jeff. Good to be here. So, so my first question before we sort of like get into some of the rules that have been culminated from this study of 15,000 people asking strangers for help around the world is what is your relationship to asking strangers for help? Like from anywhere, from like watching your laptop in a cafe while, as you go take a piss to, I don't know, bigger uh, helping you put a box into a truck or whatever it is. What is your relationship to asking strangers for help? I dread it. I, I, I <laughs> feel that I will live with guilt if I do it. And I've had to do it on occasion, but it is always anxiety inducing. Um, I, I read this study and I just laughed because I had this sort of picture in my head of 15,000 people walking into Home Depot and and <laughs> no one, everyone looking to ask for help and no one succeeding in doing it. I am, I'm the opposite of Chris. I've embraced my inability to do basic tasks. And so I, I, to the embarrassment of my children, I will ask anyone for help at any time. Just, just over the summer, I bought a fishing rod and reel and it like wasn't working and I went back into the fishing store and, and my daughter like was turning beet red as the guy flipped a switch on the reel and said, this is how a fishing reel works. So like, I'm, I'm not shy about this stuff. <laughs> well, the moment, I mean, Chris, you have a kid mm -hmm. um, and then, and Jeff, you have kid, you have kid, two, kids. Yeah, two, two, two daughters. Um, yeah. And the moment that I, I mean, I think I've been generally okay with ask, asking strangers for help. I love talking to strangers, but the, the help, component of it. I mean, I'm in general, I think I actually have a harder time asking my friends for help than I do asking a stranger for some sort of like physical help out on the world. Um, but the moment I got very comfortable asking for help is when I had a baby, because when you're dealing with a stroller, this, you know, the streets of New York are not necessarily like super stroller friendly so like if you're walking to a store in some of these old buildings sometimes there's just like a step you have to walk up and then it's like holding a door open and getting the stroller and all that stuff like becomes very difficult and annoying so I was just root and continue to routinely be like excuse me person walking by me who I don't know who you are at all you could be nuts can you please open that door for me so I could get this stroller in you know like I I'm constantly, it, it, some of the subway systems, you know, s some of the stations don't have elevators from the street level. Actually, New York City has done a lot to, to help fix that. But, um, you know, there are still subways that don't have elevators that go down to the subway. So you have to, like, carry your stroller down. It is so difficult. And I just full-on ask random people, can you just help me with this heavy object that also has a child in it, you know? Uh, so that... That I feel like has I don't know if 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 having a kid had any made any difference in your like asking strangers for stuff. That's one of the beautiful things about New York. I I do miss living in New York, and some of it is that there is a culture of people will step up and help each other, not even in the name of they think it's a nice thing to help you with your kid. 
They just want life to move fast. So if this gets them, if they don't have to wait behind you with the stroller now, they'll happily help you hustle it down so as to right. not clog a staircase. <laughs> and there's like that efficiency in New York that does lead right. to stranger help situations. And I do miss it a lot. Yeah, there's an odd um, efficiency. Jeff did have it. Well, so how old is your kid that she turned beet red when you asked for help from so the fishing She's rod guy? 13, so she turns beet oh, red so anytime she's... I open my mouth. Yes, um, yes, yes, accurate. Yes. But, but you know, the other side of that story is, and, and Chris, I love that observation, right? It's like it is actually self-interested to help people out if you want, if you want the world to move. But I do try to now, I think having – I think part of it is having had young kids and having had strollers uh, and now having, you know, ha- you know, an older parent. Like when I walk around, I try to be a little more attuned to who is giving off those sort of silent signals of needing help um, because it's like no skin off any of our teeth to like, all right, step up, help someone carry something up the steps, open a door, lift the front of a stroller, um, you know, get, give someone who's visually impaired and offer them an offer, not give, but offer them an elbow. You know, like I just... I, I try to do it more because I know how um, uncomfortable it can be to ask. You know, um, the so the study pointed out that, like, obviously a lot of people feel this kind of, like, quote, social risk in asking for help. But the fact of the matter is, Chris, this kind of gets to your, like, efficiency thing. People don't like generally the default is that people do not want to be disagreeable. Like that's the default. People don't want conflict. They don't want to be disagreeable. They just want to like and and and, and it's maybe for that even more than any kind of altruism of just like I'm here to help other humans. You know what I mean? There's like forget all the gushy stuff. There's just a like oh god, I don't want to be disagreeable. Like everything has to kind of keep we have to maintain a sort of agreeable status quo. Um, so that's part of the reason people actually do help in large pr- proportions, right? It's, it's like you're more likely to get help than not, basically. Um, and then they came up with some rules. So one of those rules is keep your requests simple and direct. Like don't offer a million excuses and apologies. Just like say what you need and move on, which is I think – in the stroller realm has been my friend. Have you ever found, I mean, I remember when I was, um, when I was like younger and first moved to New York and kind of like needed more like directions or I was like confused or like what with the subway or whatever, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I just moved here and I just wanted to, like I would give like a paragraph explanation of why I had a question, you know? Um, did that, did you ever find yourself like in a, in a mess of like over explanation? I have, there is one thing coming to mind that was kind of a disaster where I asked for help and people gave the help, <laughs> but it was a disaster. Uh-huh. I want, my wife uh-huh. once bought a piece of furniture on Craigslist. So okay. we lived in Greenpoint and it was mm-hmm. deep out into Queens. And when we drove out, it didn't fit in our car. And there were a couple landscapers working on the block. And she said, I'm going to go ask those guys if we can pay them to put this thing in their truck. And when they, they came over and they said yes, and I'll never forget, the two men walked up to me. And the, the, the one guy was clearly in charge. The other was the sidekick. And he came up to me. And he didn't say like, hey, your wife asked us for help. Hey, where's the piece of furniture? We're going to do it. He walked up to me and just yelled, a lot of people tell me I look like the Mexican Al Pacino. And as soon as he said it, I was like, this man looks exactly like Al Pacino. 
<laughs> but the Mexican version. Like 100%. Imagine Al Pacino, Mexican, and you're seeing this man. And the guy was like, we'll help, we'll do it, this and that. And I smelled liquor on their breath. And I was like, okay, thank you so much. And I immediately was like, I'd... and. The sto- basically the story goes too that we had our car and my wife goes okay so you'll ride with them why don't you drive with them so that you could just give them directions I was like Hallie these men are drunk they're visibly and she was like are they I was like these men are lit up and instead what happened was we loaded the furniture into their truck and they went all the way down 495 at like 98 miles an hour oh and we had to just try wait, to desperately you, keep but up but you you were in your car. You didn't go My in wife and car. I were in our car. I was like, I can't okay. go in the car with these guys. Please don't offer that again. Like, I'll die. And then we basically <laughs> had to follow these drunk drivers through the uh, down the Long Island Expressway. And then they, to their credit, I mean, did carry this thing up. They, I, we, I was like, cool, I'll get it from here. Like, no, we got you. To our fourth floor walk up and then tried to not let me even pay them any. I was like, you have to let me at least give you money. You just drove... A half hour and carried furniture up a fourth floor walk up drunk Al Pacino. You have to let me <laughs> give you go grab some more drinks or something. Grab some food to soak it up in this your belly. Is so funny. I have like the the furniture. First of all, well, that's a furniture, a Craigslist story, but just general furniture on the street, because I have been the person to ask a random stranger like, hey, can you help me? carry this side table that I just saw on the corner to my front, like to my apartment door until like maybe the sleeper will help me take carry it up, you know? And, you know, you could just totally see these dudes just be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, fine. And, uh, and it, and it's like, yeah, again, they're like, they're, they're like the need to be agreeable, like just took over. And also I think, if we're going to talk about female privilege of which there is next to none in a, in, in, in a, like society, the one female privilege I think I do, I have experienced is in these situations, guys are like, Oh, she's a poor defenseless, like young lady. We just, we gotta help. It's our duty, you know? And, and in fact, like your wife asking those guys for help was more effective than you asking those guys yeah. for help, you know? Um, so I think there's something for that. You, although you guys are reminding me that there's another rule on the, on the helper side, right? Like, and I actually think people like to feel helpful, but, but I, but a friend just reminded me of this very funny story where like, sometimes when someone asks for help, like you want to go above and beyond and, and there are reasons not to like do the thing you were asked to do, but don't do more. So a friend of mine uh, just told me the story of like in the early days of the, of the Delta and us air shuttle in the airport, right? There were the shuttles. You could show up at either one. You could jump right on. Um, And so someone, someone had asked her like, which way to the Boston shuttle? And she's like, uh, she was in New York. She's like, follow me, like not just pointed, but like, follow me. I'll show you I'm getting on it. And like sprinted and got on the plane and doors closed and they take off and they've gotten on the wrong plane. They got on the Washington <laughs> shuttle rather than the Boston shuttle. So, so her helpfulness took this guy to the wrong city. That's you know? hilarious. So, so, you know, you can you maybe don't go above and beyond. I when someone asks me um, for directions, I for some reason feel very honored when people ask me for directions. <laughs> I take it very seriously, and I go and I do go above and beyond. And in a couple of instances, I look back and I'm like, "Oh 
fuck, I gave them completely wrong directions to something. What was it? And then I think about it for months of just like the this some poor schmuck. Yeah, right, you're some you're poor, like picturing like, like desiccated skeletons sitting on a corner in the wrong place. <laughs> Yeah, she said the Pinkberry was here, you know, and it's just like, yeah. Um, so uh, another rule of thumb they talked about is assume the stranger will help you, which we kind of talked about. Um, and then try not to seek help from strangers in a location where others are simultaneously approaching them with requests, which I think is a really good one. Like if you're in a town square where they're doing a lot of canvassing and a lot of like Greenpeace donation seeking or whatever, that's not the place where you ask for help because people are already getting harassed so much um, by canvassers. Canvassers like take on this quality of, we will definitely not help you. You know what I mean? Like you take on a different pose, like as a person walking by um, a canvasser. Um, so do, are there any other rules that you, you would add to these, these general rules of thumb? Um, well, well, by the way, I think like I, I would, I could use some advice on how to handle like the canvassing cause, cause I am so racked with guilt every time I decline oh, yeah. any, oh, yeah. any offer. A part of my, and, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 a part and, of my and, heart dies. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, in some cases I'm like, oh, thank goodness. This is an organization I've given money to already. Um, but yes, it like, I don't know no, how to do and, that. And, and Chris, I don't know if this has, if this happens to you, but when, when young comics are out there barking for comedy clubs, yeah. this is like a phenomenon in, I guess, every major city or whatever with comedy clubs, is that young comics will try and sell tickets like in big, you know, high volume places. They will try and sell um, tickets to shows and they'll do that to me. And I'm like, you have no idea <laughs> like, I, how much of my life is devoted to me wishing everything was okay for you and for me as comedians <laughs> like you know what I, mean? I want to be nice but i don't know how to handle it you know what i mean what what do you do with canvassers chris um i i just had a very nice thing where i had a show in brooklyn and i had traveled in from jersey and i was like i only scheduled one set that was dumb and there were comedy canvassers who as i walked by they were like hitting everybody up hey comedy show here tonight comedy show here tonight and then they saw me and the one guy goes comedy show here tonight or if you want to just do a set, jump on, man. And I was like, yeah, I do I do need an extra set to justify having driven all the way into, yeah, let's do it. So that worked. But generally- Wow, when, that's amazing. When people that's try to a... sell me comedy tickets, it generally just makes me realize that my career is on a downturn. Because I'm like, uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, you would have avoided me because I was on TV. It's been a while since my show got canceled. Oh, life moves fast. <laughs> I think, oh, all right, folks. Yeah. Oh, no, go for it. You were wrapping up, and I was interrupted. I was wrapping up, but do you have a final thought? I was just going to say one thing that's becoming clear to me is there's certain types of help, helping someone with a baby or their groceries, yeah. or if you're in a yeah. suburban area, if you see someone struggling to change a tire, I, I can see pulling over saying, I can help you with that. I've done it a dozen times. Let's go on our way. Things that are woven into the reality are really helpful, but when they when help breaks your reality it starts to feel crazy. That's when you're chasing a drunk driver or you wind up on a plane to Washington, yeah, D.C. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Or like when, I don't know if you've ever like been at a playground and there's a kid and then you're like, where's the parents? And then you're sort of like, oh, I have another kid now. Like forever do I have this kid? Oh, when or, you wind up with you like know, and then you just realize that the parent is like hand? dealing with, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, another person's kid is holding my hand. I want to help the kid. The kid needs comfort, but also I feel like I'm right. weird. No, and and yeah, not right. to shit on other parents, because it's usually the other parent is dealing with the other kid on the other side of the park, and they're just sort of like, you know what I mean? And then, but another thing that happens to my husband a lot, because he's always like picking up my kid and throwing her in the air and all that stuff. And all the kids want that. All the kid wants. All the kids want an adult to pick them up and throw them in the air. So then there'll be like a line of kids. Like, it's my turn now. And my and my husband's just like, so I just do this now? <laughs> I just well, like throw and, children and, in the right, air? Right. And, and all this time, it's like you're, you're in the back of your head is like, how do I give off not creepy vibes yeah. while I'm yeah. doing this thing? Right? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Folks, let me know what are your personal rules for asking strangers for help? How comfortable are you with it? Um, I'm dying to hear. Ah, oh, Chris, Jeff, you guys are just so gosh darn delightful. This was a really fun time talking to you guys. Um, what I would really love is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Jeff Nussbaum, where do they follow you? Uh, Twitter at Jeffrey Nussbaum or just look at JeffreyNussbaum.com and you can find where I'll be talking about books and all sorts of other stuff. And I remind them of the title of your book that is now available. Uh, the book is Undelivered, The Never Heard Speeches That Would Have Rewritten History. Um, buy it anywhere, but especially buy it from a local bookstore and support local businesses. Um, excellent. And I have, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in this book. I'm in, I'm really enjoying it. So I highly recommend Chris Gethard. Where do people find you? Well, you can find all my tour dates at chrisgeth.com and chrisgeth on Instagram and Chris Gethard on Twitter. And I got the beautiful anonymous podcast and the New Jersey is the world podcast and I'm around. I'm doing stuff. Folks, you've heard me talk about the Beautiful Anonymous podcast before. It is actually quite beautiful um, and just riveting. And uh, and and if if you're anywhere near a live show of Chris Gethard's, you should be immediately attending it because that is uh, that is a wonderful, wonderful time. And let's take a quick break so we can learn about our sponsors. And when we get back, we'll talk about more stuff. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Ugh, folks. I mean. First of all, it's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. But that's headline news, okay? What it has done for me, it has reminded me of the absolute ridiculous world of things that I have subscribed to. And why have I subscribed to them? Why have I wasted my money in such a way? And thank God that Rocket Money has come around to show me that, hey, Nagin, you don't need a subscription to an obscure Brazilian film archive, do you? One of the things that I found for me once oh, that was really upsetting was that I was paying for a subscription twice. It was an educational app. And you think an educational app isn't going to do you that way, but you know what? It might. It also lowered a bill for me. Lord, my cable bill. Yes, I still pay for cable. Don't worry about it. And then the other great thing is when you are trying to get rid of these subscriptions, you just do it with one tap. You don't have to like call customer service or whatever, all the other miserable things that you do when you're trying to get rid of a subscription. It just does it with one tap. That's one of the actually best things about it because I've had such a hard time in the past trying to unsubscribe from something myself. It lowers your bills for you by up to 20%. 5 million users 
it has helped save an average of $720 a year, which makes sense for me because that's about as much as that's about what I was saving. And with over $550 million in canceled subscriptions, that's what they've achieved. I mean, you've heard me talk about Rocket Money before. It has really improved my relationship with subscriptions. I'm going to just tell you that much. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Guys, cancel those unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Today, we're going to tackle the question, should we bring animals back from extinction? It's the plot of every Jurassic movie, but it's also a real possibility to talk about this. I'm joined by the director of the movie Not Okay, available on Hulu. It's Quinn Shepard. Hey, Quinn. Hi. I'm also joined by one of the stars of Not Okay, Nadia, Alexander. Hey, Nadia. Hi. And I'm also joined by podcaster and director and and writer extraordinaire Gabby Dunn. Hey, Gabby. Hello. So, Gabby, what are your general thoughts on this uh, bringing back extinct species? Okay, I I love museums and I love this stuff. And I just went to the Osteology Museum, which is a bones museum in Oklahoma. Can't recommend it enough. I mean, who who, who hasn't, hasn't been to that Tourist museum? Tourist hotspot. Okay. Bone museum. <laughs> um, and love a good bone. <laughs> love, love bones. Uh, and <sighs> I, I, okay, I don't want to be the person who says, yes, we should absolutely do this. And then, like, they cut to me when everything goes to shit. And there's, like, woolly mammoths, <laughs> like, running in the streets of New York City. Like, the saber-toothed tiger has, like, speared Nancy Pelosi. And we're just, like, we're just, like, cuts to, like, dumb YouTube podcaster said this. Uh, also, why is the saber-toothed tiger specifically going for Nancy Pelosi? I don't know. I'm just imagining, like, you know, like, the footage in the movie where it's it's like everything yeah, and then yeah, like the, yeah. the animals it's always like they've stormed the pentagon or something i don't know <laughs> like what? it's independence day but for animals <laughs> oh my god now okay because here's the deal Co- there's a company called Colossal and they are hoping to it's a, a real company and they want to g- genetically resurrect the woolly mammoth thousands of years after it went extinct and they want to actually put the woolly mammoth in the Siberian tundra do I get to have one do, <laughs> I mean it's do you want one it just sounds a small like one a, a, yeah. little, a little dwarf mini can, one can we get them in miniature right, right. what you if wanna- they came in miniature yeah, you want a Pomeranian version uh-huh. of the woolly mammoth is what I'm what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, yes. I'm worried for my own safety because I see like large and likely dangerous animals and my first thought is like, I want to cuddle them. Like yeah. I, I, people would be like, what would you do if you ever saw a whale? And I'd be like, I'd cry from beauty and then I'd try to hug it. Right. Like, <laughs> so you're worried about your own danger because of your own terrible decision making in the face of beautiful animals. A hundred percent. I yes. got you. Yes. What um, else are they bringing back? 
Well, that's the only one that Colossal wants to bring back for right now because the thing with woolly mammoths is they are like beautifully preserved in the Siberian tundra. So it's kind of like easy to bring. I mean, we've done uh, who Dolly, right? The the, the, she- the, sheep, the sheep or the lamb or whatever yeah. it was. That they like, like, like we can do it. Like, I'm pretty sure we could just do it. Are it's, they reanimating or is it like creating the DNA? Because it's starting to, it's a little Frankenstein. Now you're talking about a zombie scenario. <laughs> yes. You did say they were perfectly preserved <laughs> and I thought Frankenstein No, you're right. I did mislead. Like, no, I mean, just that like, there's a lot of genetic material. Like if they, they make needed babies. a little- they, they make baby they ones. They need a little, like a you know, piece of the horn. They have a little piece of the the baby. hair. They've got all that stuff. I don't look. What they will be doing is editing elephant DNA because obviously there's a connection between the woolly mammoth and the woolly mammoth and the elephant. And they'll be like j- taking an elephant DNA and then adding you know turmeric and then the other <laughs> spices needed to make the woolly mammoth. Um, here's the other fun thing. So one of the pro arguments is that the woolly mammoth could help the environment um, because right now the Siberian tundra, I'm going to act like I knew all of this stuff before. Guys, what you obviously already knew about the Siberian tundra is that it is, it's now currently dominated by moss. But when woolly mammoths were around, it was largely grassland and grassland is better for the environment. Um, and so woolly mammoths were basically, they think, engineers in maintaining those grasslands by breaking up the moss and not down the trees and providing fertilizer with their droppings, which were probably weird and huge and furry droppings. Uh, it's the yeah. they think detail, though, that I'm yes, bumping on. Exactly. Yes, you were like, they were, you were like, oh, they're gonna fix everything they think. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what if it's the opposite, though, and they don't, though? Right, no, okay. exactly. Two things. One, yes. do we have enough elephants to even be doing this? And That's two, what I was gonna say. And two, um, the... What what makes you think like Elon Musk won't immediately go out there, shoot one, call it an Elon yeah. Tusk, and then hang it up in his goddamn <laughs> apartment? Why wouldn't they you do waited, that? You waited your entire life to say For Elon that one. Tusk. Yeah. Yeah. Three. That's thing I've ever heard. Three. Do you guys know that they think that maybe all the dinosaurs are put together wrong? In that, do you guys ever hear oh, about in, that? in museums? Yeah. yeah as, like that, as a resident bone expert, please, so please explain. I did just read through an entire bone museum. Uh, this is the <laughs> most that the Museum of Osteology has ever been spoken about. Okay. So the thing is, is that they think that some of that stuff is put together wrong. So what if we like reanimate the dinosaurs, but we've put them together incorrectly. And then we just make right. these like, these like, Frankenstein's monsters and they and they don't say it with words although maybe they do they go I didn't ask to be born I didn't want this I'm put together wrong you know what I mean then what are we doing which okay I love the idea that maybe we thought tails were in the back of dinosaurs but like they're on the side you know what I mean like we were just so wrong about some of these features and I love that idea um I will say again about the woolly mammoth not to brag on it too hard but it was preserved in ice stuff because the the dead ones um (laughs) the the ones that haven't been reanimated yet through zombie (laughs) technology because they because of the the climate they were able to get a pretty good sense of what the woolly mammoth look like which is probably why it's a good candidate now there's some other ones that for, by the way 
the woolly mammoth, part of the reason it went extinct is because people figured out that they could eat it. Exactly. It's going to happen it again. It probably tasted like problem. chicken. Here's a couple of other ones that I didn't realize we we went extinct through through we we were eating them. The dodo bird. They were yeah. big like turkeys. They were discovered. So they were, they were big. And then the Portuguese found them and they were like, they're delicious and we're hungry. And then that was it for the dodo bird. Um, the uh, stellar. Now, I didn't even know this was a, an animal. The Stellar's sea cow. Um, they were discovered in 1741. By the way, this is one that, Quinn, you would definitely want to hug because they look so fat oh. and just so cute and When you fat. even just said sea cow, my mental image was so cute. Yeah, I mean, they're so cute. It's Look like a hippo up. and a beluga yes. like combined. Oh, they're so round. And they're like 30 feet long. They're really huge. And there's one that you probably could have hugged because they're kind of docile. Don't tempt me, Nagin. <laughs> I'm going to want a reanimated sea cow stat, guys. <laughs> and no one hears the other fun thing about them. They were so fat that they didn't have a, they couldn't get underwater very easily. They were always kind of like floating to the top. Oh. So they were always just like little humps in the water, which made them also very easy to kill. And so they were discovered in 1741. 30 years later, they were extinct because Russian sealers were constantly killing them to eat them. Oh my God, hun, it's your ancestors. My ancestors killed the, and the sea I, cow. And thank you for joining the show to formally apologize. I would like to apologize. <laughs> Um, to please the sea cow us, population. Please give us what your notes app apology would say, Nadia. I go. promise that I will do better for all sea cows. <laughs> I realize now that I've made a horrible mistake. Yep. And somehow have come to that realization in the last 35 seconds <laughs> that I've been informed that I made this mistake. Apology not accepted. This I can't it, believe Chief. it. It's a, take. it's a bad take. It's a bad take. It's a bad take. Do better. Oh, all right. Um, folks, that um I I would love to know if again, we're I think all hung up on the we think. I think that is a general feeling in and the room. The people. People we're doing and a bad people enough eating job parts. with the animals that are currently on the planet, yeah. keeping them alive. No, that's so, so I think true. let's work on that first before we get the one, zombies. One thing I will say in Colossal's um, favor is that their technology is actually could also be used to help endangered species. Do that first, Colossal. So let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I'm try that one. That. Even their make name it, yeah. sounds like a, a, a something from like an Iron Man movie that we yeah. like immediately know is bad. Yeah, it's definitely like the villainous company, like uh -huh. yeah. in the movie. No, like you'd see the, it on the wall. The you're like, oh. owner has a monocle. He's petting a cat that he reanimated. Yeah, colossal. It really implies they're not going to be bringing back any small animals. Like Colossal is like they're going to oh, go, they're go big. T Rex. Like T Rex is on the menu. Right. The passenger pigeon is not on their radar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they true. might as well just be called like the scariest animal company. <laughs> <laughs> Are you folks? Let me know. Are you investing in the scariest animal company? That's uh, that's going to be the, the ticker name on the stock exchange. Um, and do you want the woolly mammoths to come back into your backyard? Uh, do you live in Siberia? I don't know if we have any listeners in Siberia. I'm guessing we definitely do. Um, all right, hit me up with all your thoughts on bringing back um, these extinct animals. 
And folks, that is the end of the show. This was so fun. This was such a dream panel. And I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to find you and all of the wonderful things that you do. Gabby Dunn, where do they do that? Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Dabby Gun. You can also find me on Instagram at, at Gabby Road. Do not search my name on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, listen to the Just Between Us podcast and the Bad With Money podcast. Um, and my short Grinder Baby uh, is available on YouTube. It was just at Frameline Festival. And I was chosen as one of the Frameline voices. So you'll be able to see it. Probably on an Alaska Airlines seat near you at some point. Hey. Hell yes. Love Thank that. You. Um, and Nadia, Alexander, where do they find you? At uh, the corner of uh, Broadway <laughs> and Merrick. Um, I'll be there for, you know, just conversations, free yeah, hugs. Chitty chats. Yeah. You can find me, Nadia underscore Alexander, uh, on, I think, all platforms. Try to try to be consistent with nice. my brand. Nice. Very well done. And Quinn Shepard. Where do they find you? Uh, you can find me at Quinn Shepherd Official on Instagram and TikTok, I think. Although <laughs> I don't think anyone knows I'm on TikTok and my TikToks are highly unprofessional. So <laughs> if you want to watch those, you can find me on TikTok. I am also not on Twitter because I, uh, I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't want all those opinions. Okay. <laughs> right. So for all of the nice ways in which you want to communicate with Quinn, I would say mostly Instagram. Yeah. DM me only nice things and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Folks, that's it for today's show. Happy Labor Day. I hope you get to rest and throw on flip-flops and be at a barbecue. And in the meantime, I want to thank everyone that makes this show possible. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic audio engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum who makes this show possible. Our theme music is written by Gabby Alter. And if you have any ideas for us, please email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.